Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent, they cost half as much as in-house developers. And you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at onestop.io. Let's talk about your SaaS project today. Today we have Saroj Ativitas. He's the founder and CEO of Wisable, a sales intelligence platform that helps B2B organization increase conversion rates, shorten sales cycles, and improve sales forecast accuracy. He will be talking about how he came up with the idea for this platform, how the MVP was funded, how he was able to gain his first few customers and navigate the 0 to 30,000 MR journey and beyond. How are you today, Saroj? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So, yeah, just give me, why don't you tell me um, what specific core problem do you solve for your customers with Wiseable? Yes, sure. Mostly when we face with, with the you know, new customer, uh, usually the problem that we help them solving are the um, leaky funnel. They, they usually have a leaky sales funnel. So we help uh, identify where is the you know, leak a spot and the, where is the bottleneck and then we uh, offer the solution to fix that. Okay, so it's it's essentially metrics? Is it like sort of analytic? Do you build the funnel? Do you handle the whole funnel yourself like a, like a click funnels or one of these other sort of funnel builders? Be more like, uh, you know, sales CRM tools, but because we track all the data or interaction that happen, you know, throughout the sales process. We also have you know analytics report and dashboard that can show in the in the uh, show the picture of the sale funnel as well as the you know conversion rate, uh, average sales cycle, and the average deal size. Yeah, everything. Okay. Okay. Great. Very interesting. So why don't you give me a bit about uh, just a bit about your background because we didn't really inter- introduce you too much. Why don't you just start off telling us a bit about um, you're you're out of uh, Bangkok, Thailand, as you said be- uh, before the show, but uh, maybe just give us a quick um, intro on who you are as well. Sure. I spent 20 years in B2B sales industry, you know, so I, I passed through all the pain. I used to be a salesperson myself. And then I uh, become, you know, head of sales, sales director. So, and during my, du- du- uh, during my, my time as the, you know, salesperson in the uh, B2B industry, we, I have tried a lot of the software and tools in, in, the, in the world, but we still, I, I still cannot find any tools that, you know, perfectly match with the local need of myself. Therefore, that's why we decide to build one ourselves. That's it, you know. Uh, how we still started. 
Okay, great. So, so you were uh, sort of at, at an enterprise sales level. Which companies did you work for? I worked for the te- telecommunication mobile operator uh, in Thailand. Okay, and you were working sales, uh, and then so so why don't you give me a bit of the um, background of of why you left this and how the story for why Zipul was sort of you know how did you come up with the idea. You know, and why did you leave your telecommunications sales job? Yeah, I want to. You know, I have a passion to start my own startup for a while during my time as the employee in the corporate as a corporate employee. So one day when when you know the the time is ready, I feel ready, so I left and start my own startup. Actually, I I fix my own pain point. Basically, I have the you know twenty years of um, experience in the B two B industry, so I I know the problem. I understand the uh, context. I talk to a lot of the customer. I used to be a customer myself, so I know that uh, they still have a room. The world still need uh, another, you know, a solution for for this problem. Yeah. Okay. So so you what what was why don't you tell me specifically was what the problem was because I know there there there's at least. A dozen of these sorts of funnel software services that help fix leaky funnels. Can you tell me specifically what these other? Were you trying some other packages at the time? Immediately, ClickFunnels comes to mind because that's sort of the biggest one on the or one of the bigger ones on the market. Mm-hmm. Had you tried ClickFunnels, or yeah. were you using different ones? And what what was the problem? Like, what would make make you want to create your own? version of this when there's already you know these companies that are doing you know 100 million a year or whatever in yeah. revenues yeah okay first firstly let me give you some context about southeast asia region first um say i would say that uh, our, our, our customer mostly they are in b2b uh, business so what what is b2b the the main characteristic of b2b business is that it are that they are Usually, selling the high-value uh, items have a long sales cycle, and usually the sales complex stuff. That's why they need a salesperson. And uh, over seventy percent of the revenue come from the repeated purchase uh, from the existing customers, and over half of revenue came through the direct sales channel. So that's that's why the sales team is so important. But somehow, you know, ninety-five percent of the organization still using Excel spreadsheet. To manage the sales, and and there are so many limitations using a spreadsheet. Say I am the salesperson, and I don't want my boss to chase me about the deal. I can just delete the deal, or edit the detail inside. That's why we cannot do accurate sales forecasting. You know, that's the like a basic common problem here in this region. So ninety five percent of the organization, you know, doesn't use like Salesforce or PyDrive or HubSpot. They use spreadsheet. And and for that ten percent that already use uh some tool, um, they are mostly you know the 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 product from the western, in which they don't under, really understand the local needs, and but but we are you know it's our turf we we you know Southeast Asia born so we understand the problem, so there are there are so many um like limitation, um for example if if you buy the product from Europe Europe region. The support team will, you know, wake up in in the afternoon, 
and not to mention the you know the in the US, you, you, it's a different you know time zone. So uh, that that's one thing about the support, and uh, the the second the second um, pain point in which our customer would prefer to to uh, to use us visible, is that we not only we provide CIM to you know. Uh, like visual pipeline, lead management, sales dashboard, and that kind of things. We also integrate with the customer engagement channel for the business. For example, you know the business usually they engage with the customer through which channel? You know, phone call, chat. In Thailand, mostly they use the app called Line. It's like WhatsApp in uh, US, and uh, uh, Facebook Messenger, website. Uh, and like offline, offline face-to-face -face meeting. So, so we uh, already integrated with all these uh, channel. So, the salesperson don't need to, you know, manual, manually enter enter the data into the system anymore. Everybody hate that, hate that, right? So, uh, say for the real estate um, customer, let's say little house. When the customer call in or chat in or like register into the company website, the lead will automatically, you know, uh, created invisible. And whenever the sales team, and our system will immediately notify the, the sales team and the sales manager, and they can immediately, you know, follow up, like call back or chat back or email back to that lead uh, immediately inside our platform without leaving to use uh, any other you know, uh, tools like you don't need to open emails, uh, app, or like use your own uh, telephone to call back the customer in which we, the business cannot track that uh, interaction, right? So we try to like uh, be all-in-one uh, solution for the uh, business customer. Yeah. Okay. All right. That make, that makes complete sense. So it sounds to me like how much of your customers come from Southeast Asia? Is it like 80% that are 100%. coming? 100%. 100%. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So coming from Thailand or would they come from like Cambodia and Vietnam, other places, or is uh, it just Thai? 90% uh, in Thailand because we are, you know, Bangkok-based uh, okay. startup. But we do have some customer in uh, Japan, uh, Myanmar, uh, and Indonesia yeah, as well. Okay. So would you say that the... Obviously, the market in, in Thailand would be large enough to have your company, you know, be successful and, and comfortably provide for your employees and team. But is, is the vision for the company to grow outside of, of um, the local market? Yeah, of course. This year, actually, we, we already uh, started the uh, international expansion initiative since, you know, last two years. I mean, mm -hmm. pre-COVID, before COVID, but because mm -hmm. of the COVID situation, we uh, uh, we back to focus uh, our local market, which is Thailand first. Uh, but you know, for B two B, the pain point is quite you know similar across the region, across the country. Anyway, I uh, talk to a lot of customer, you know, in other country like Indonesia, Japan. Actually, the pain point is quite the same. So we can you know easily using a SaaS model, we can. Uh, easily uh, enter the international market, but we just cannot do you know something that like customization 
because we don't have the people on ground in in some country. And what about China? Would China be is <laughs> would the Chinese market be applicable as well for for you to sell into? I used to explore that market as well. It's it's quite difficult, you know. China is like it's not another country. It's like another world. <laughs> yeah, have, they yeah. have its own, you know, context and environment and uh, um, a lot of challenge. Yeah, I think uh, technically possible, and the market still have a lot of room to grow. But I don't think we we are not we not ready to to enter into that right. China market. That's yet. almost yeah. as you say. I mean, it's its own sort of economic environment. <laughs> It's like a, yeah. yeah, I I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking. My impression is that most of the apps that are very successful in in China are, you know, written by Chinese uh, and they're run by Chinese entrepreneurs and they understand the market very very well. It's difficult for, um, you know, people outside of China. But it's just curious to. So it seems like um the success of this. Um, applicate this, of the platform really is because you understand your local market. You started with the local problem uh, in, in in Bangkok, and you solved it specifically. You know things like uh, time zone issues. There was never support. You can speak natively to these uh, to the other Thai business people that you understand uh, the nuances of the of the Western chat applications that don't really have that market in mind would you say that you could essentially other people or other services could take a western like a pipe drive or one one of these uh services that were not addressing those same concerns and basically like create almost a mirror of that platform but for a local you know for their own local market would you say that's accurate yeah uh yeah Absolutely possible and and can do. Actually, there are many. There has not so many. There are few, uh, uh, like a SaaS B two B SaaS startup, you know, based in Thailand here that you know sell the, a uh, solution, uh, across the world, like Europe or East East Asia, even USA. It's not. It's not. It's not like. It's not the you know. It's quite rare case, but but we have some. Yeah, we're still emerging uh, market in that sense, but we have. Yeah. Okay, and um, from from this, so going back to 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 the start of this, uh, you when at what point did you start building this, and and how was it funded, and when did you decide to leave leave your position? Was was it sort of you had the idea? while you were working as tele telecommunication sales manager and you said why can't anyone solve this problem and you said i'm going to solve this and i mean just sort of walk me through that sort of transition going from your corporate job to the startup and mm -hmm. and how you funded it yeah actually i uh the, the when i when i started the startup the first the first product is not visible we have another another product at, at the time, and I it, it's a it's a like a, we call it it's a recruiting uh, automation in which we focus in the like a help the organization found the uh, software developers and, and other text positions, um, and I do that as a side job um, while still working at with the corporate. But until until one day that the business is quite like grow, growing to the size that 
that take a lot of my time already. I, so I, I think it's not fair for my company. Therefore, I decide to leave. So uh, that's why that that's how I start my first um, venture. And after a while, we decide to you know exit that that market. And at the time, I discussed with my you know co-founder that hey, why don't we you know do these things? I mean the the sales intelligent platform or sales CIM at the time. Because because we both come from the you know B two B industry, we work in the same company at at the same telco for seven years. Me and my co-founder, so he know and I know that we understand the pain point, and we know that it has a lot of room in our local uh, market in Thailand. So at that point, we we still have another business, and we have the you know the cash flow from from another business to fund this new. New business, which is the visible, we have you know one year of like a zero revenue for visible. So we spend one year for you know development of uh, visible, and after one year we we get a first paying customer. Uh, in the beginning, we you know we we put, we put on a website and we let everyone you know sign up and try out the service for free, uh, and we don't have you know. The limited period for them because you know we don't have any paying customer yet. Until one day the customer, one of our one of uh one the the first uh, paying customer, they shed into our uh we use intercom. Okay, they said hey, they said that they use visible for a while now, and they satisfied with the service. How can we pay you? <laughs> that that's how we get our first. Oh uh, really? So they, they was it because they wanted you to make some customizations, or they just loved the platform so much they wanted to start paying you, which sounds very <laughs> they, odd. They, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because uh in in our website we say that we only uh, offer fourteen day free trial, and mm-hmm. they are afraid that after fourteen day you know we will you know block them. That's 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 oh. why we, they they ask. Uh, okay, so they asked during the trial. So they liked the app so much that they were like, "Okay, how can we pay you for it?" And when it when it first started, what was the price point? Um, around thirty three US dollar per user. Thirty three, okay, per month. And yeah, and you mentioned month. now that you only have annual plans, which is which yeah, is we build we build annually, yeah. You only do annual though. You have no monthly. Is that right? Okay, so um, maybe maybe what we can do is how did you survive during the building of the MVP? Um, were you were you was it still uh, were you still sort of what was your income during the MVP? If you you had a year of no revenues, yeah. how was that funded? We have another business uh, that that fund this um, you know initiative. So basically, we 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 do the customization software. So any software. Because we have a lot of uh, developer, so we get the the money from from that business. Oh, so you have an agency or something? You have some software developers, and and yeah. uh, you had an agency. So you took cash flow from the agency yeah. over to to build the software. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And um, so when did when did you build the MVP? So, w- what sort of time frame are we talking about when you first launched the MVP? After one year of the you know pre-revenue development, the whole year with with our revenue, 
so what year is this? Is like 2016 or what? What kind of time frame are we talking uh, about? Like three years ago, like three years okay. ago. Yeah, so yeah. 2019 or 2018? Yeah. 2018, yeah. I guess. Okay. Around that. And yeah. what's going on with the agency now? We we stopped. We already stopped the, you know, doing the software customization. Now we only uh, have one product, yeah, which is visible. Okay. Um, and how is for customization? We only do for visible only. Okay, so so um, how big was the, the? This is interesting because I we also have listeners that have their own agency and they're always trying to build their own products. So this is quite an interesting um, topic uh, for our listeners and for my myself as well. Um, how how many developers did you have in for the agency? What was sort of um, like what was going on? Where was was it word of mouth? How serious were you? Um, for the agency, or is it just like five, you know, like three or four guys, or what was going on with it? At, at the time, we only have like you know four, or five uh, developer. At the time, yeah. Okay, so you essentially, it sounds like the timeline was you you uh, you left the tele telecommunications job, you started the agency, um, maybe with one or two. De- are you you're de- are you a developer? Your co-founder is a developer. Uh, my co-founder. Is the you know ex engineer, but he he didn't code anymore. So we how we how the developer. Yeah. And what's the stack? Stack uh, usually JavaScript, you know, Node.js, so, React.js, GraphQL. Yeah. And in the back end, MySQL. Is it Node? Node? Yeah, Node.js. Okay, yeah. Node. Okay, Node and and React from the front end and MySQL. Okay, um, and. Um, so, so how was the transition for um, talk about the transition from the age going from the agency to the product product based business? Uh, how long did that take? Uh, I guess it would be you know when you f- first got your first paying customer. How was the rollout of that? Were you officially launched then, um, or or are you just sort of soft launched with this customer? And then talk talk to me about the rollout of the product. Yeah, after you know. Six years of development, we believe that we have you know enough feature to to just launch, but we just you know launch it. We just have like create website and then we say that hey we have, uh, we set up the price you know thirty three US dollar and we offer fourteen days a free trial. But we we never you know limit the trial anyway because it's just a you know trial period, and we we still believe that um we 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 not we don't know actually at the time that. Is this enough for customer to feel that they have enough value, so that they, you know, willing to pay us the the thirty three US dollar to use our service? You know, <laughs> we we never know. We just you know make a guess. We uh, benchmark ourselves with the you know Western um, competitors, yeah. and you know after a year, we, we get our first paying customer. Yeah. Okay, and did you charge in bot or was it in US dollars? In Thailand, we charge in baht, but in uh, other market, we charge in uh, USD or local currency. It depends on the country. And and uh, was oh, oh, yeah. how your first customer were there? Were they Thai? Yeah, Thai. Yeah. So so how so so it sounds to me like you sort of launched locally in Bangkok and you know are these sort of other Chiang Mai, I guess, would be another market. Um, and and how did it? How were the first customers, how were they finding about you? What was the sort of um, avenue of growth in the beginning? Okay, we, we write a, a content 
uh, write a blog basically and we promote that blog uh, it's about you know, sales. Was this in Thai or was it in English? Um, in um, mostly in Thai, and then we translate in English for okay. you know, international market. But you know, for the initial stage, we most of our content are in Thai. In Thai, okay. And and how is the traffic in Thai? I mean, I can imagine that's a very specialized um, market. How is the traffic for for that? I mean, it's probably very qualified, though. Yeah. The traffic for us is not much, like 10k uh, per month, but it's, it's, like, it's more like a niche market because as mentioned that, you know, 90% of the organization is still using spreadsheet. So uh, we are talking about like, like a niche market. The traffic doesn't need to be, you know, a lot of traffic, but we just, we just need to find the right one, the right traffic, the right audience that, uh, that, that's interested in this product. And the way that we, you know, uh, filter uh, traffic to make sure that this is the type of audience that we want is the content. So we create the content that, you know, laser focus on the, the sales, uh, sales methodology, the, the sales technology uh, things. That, the people that, that click uh, this link to, to read the blog, it's, it's, the, it's, a, it's the right audience. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, don't care about your sales technology, you never click to read this content anyway. Okay, so so you're promoting when when you say are you promoting through social media or is all search search engine? Uh, we put the, the uh, we write the article. We put in our own blog, our own website, and then we uh, uh, publish it uh, in the you know social network okay. like Facebook, uh, right, right, okay. and other platform. Yeah. And and so how is the how is the uh, initial re like? Tell me about the zero to five thousand phase. Um, how how was the growth and how long did it? Because you're three you're three years old now. Um, before the 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 show, you mentioned you're um roughly half a million in annual um recurring revenues. Um, and and so how was this zero to five thousand and how how long did that take? Because it sounds like um maybe most of your growth started happening more recently. Yeah. After we uh, got the first paying customer, the, the things get a lot easier because now we have, you know, the reference case, reference case, and the first customer recommend the second customer for us. So it's like word of mouth um, effect. Uh, and then we, and we, you know, we get the attention from some media. And, and after that is, you know, now we got, a, we, we have, more and more uh, incoming traffic, you know, inbound traffic. And we, um, we also create our own like outbound sale campaign to generate the leads because, you know, we, we run the sales software. So we understand how to generate the lead uh, to get the qualified. Uh, Were you uh, using lead. your own software to, to um, generate leads? Does, it, yeah, does your course. software do that? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. And it takes as about two years, you mean af after getting the uh, first customer to, 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 to reach the break-even point. And what was the break-even point? Can you, can you tell me that? Break-even point we get when we have around like a 40 paying organization. Uh, that is around like a 400 paying customer. 400 paying customers was about break-even point. So, so, um, so is that sort of 12,000 a month? Is that is that about right? Uh, 
12,000 naman. US. Or what was break even? A bit more, like a bit it? more. Yeah, a bit more. A bit more. We okay, went so at for... around like 300k per year. US dollar. Okay. Okay, 300k for you is break even. Yeah. Is that right? So so you yes. um so so that's that's quite high. Um what what are your costs uh to run the team and um and did the team change because as you converted from agency to software as a service you probably didn't need as many developers and you needed some more customer service and some marketing people. Yeah. Um yeah. Can, can you can you like walk me through the transition? Um, from from uh, moving a moving from agency to the platform, about when did that really occur? Oh, uh, actually, after one year of uh, after we get the first customer, so after one year we have you know uh, significant revenue already. Uh, it's still not enough to to reach break even point at that time, but 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 we. But we can at the time we already you know stop accepting new project for the you know software agency. We okay, still, so you had some to... recurring revenue from your existing clients, so you you stopped taking on new client yeah. work. You had some old clients that you that you that you supported to cover the shortfall that the platform wasn't making for yeah. the team. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but the new customer they also need the customization as well, but they need the customization you know on top of our platform we, okay. so uh yeah for that kind of project we get you know more upfront uh revenue that help the cash flow as well yeah are you talking about so you would actually do perform services for someone that was a customer for your platform but then you would also help their website is that what you were saying you would build their website no, no, no. or were you augmenting the platform to customize it yeah. for their needs okay so you're really augmenting your own platform, nothing outside yeah. of your platform, and yeah. and by doing that, was that was that were those customizations something that you built into the platform so that other customers could enjoy these sort of one-offs yeah. uh, for that customer? Yeah, yeah that's the beauty of uh, having our own product because you know, and, and because of uh, because B two B, you know, pain point of the B two B business, they tend to be the same. I think. Currently, we almost never hear the new requirement anymore. Everything that customer, you know, told us about their like, pain point requirements, we, we heard it before. So, you know, we, you, we either have already have the source code that we, that we create for other, another customer or, or something that already in our roadmap. So when we build that feature for the customer, we, we don't have to say you are one of our customer I don't have to charge you the 100% of the customization fee because I know that I can reuse that feature in the future. So I can just maybe divide it by three and then three customers share the same cost, you know. Okay, that's that's very interesting. So, so if I understand correctly, what you were doing was charging for these customizations in the beginning. And how would you charge? Would you say... Uh, is it you know like I'll build this for you if you pay me a year in advance or something? How did you make sure that you were covering your development costs for these customizations, or did you not care about that because you were adding it to the platform? No, no. Uh, we, we we need to you know keep the ratio of the customization you know not 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 too much not not take a the customization project uh, like too many 
because it will make us like lose focus of building the product. So we uh, we charge per mandate basically it's a mandate based. So we give the customer the estimated mandate for this uh, customized customized feature that they want, and, and we collect uh, money like upfront. Okay, and when you say that, do you say okay? Well, we need to charge you two years in advance, in advance or something. Um, in terms, essentially, they were getting the platform. They were getting commitment no, no, to it's a it's a one time fee. It's a one time. Okay, fee. so this is like a yeah. development fee for this this customization. Yeah. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Um, and so, um, you're you're coming now. Uh, you're. you're in terms of break even, when did you guys hit break even uh, on the platform? So it was like maybe a year ago, or yeah, almost about a year ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and how is the um, how has the growth been since you um, uh, since you at what that point it sounds like it's probably around say twenty thousand. Um, were you still using content marketing primarily as your is your growth engine? Yeah, the main channel still still the content marketing. We we believe in content because mm -hmm. you know in B two B we we, can, we cannot you know run the marketing campaign on Facebook. It doesn't help much. So we yeah. do like a two things that we focus. The first thing is the uh, content marketing. Uh, the second the second thing we call is uh, you know like teaching as marketing. So we create the, the course, or I, you know, become the speaker. It's maybe our own event, or I join another event, and, you know, as a speaker, as the instructor to, to you know, share my knowledge about the, you know, sales methodology, the sales technology stuff. So keynote and speaking we, is another one. So going to events and uh, speaking. I, I presume local events around Bangkok is mostly what you're talking about. Is that right? Yeah, most, mostly local. Yeah. yeah. And how often do you, what's your content marketing strategy? Can you just give, you know, kind of, I mean, can you give me a general sort of gui guidelines of what you do for your content marketing? Sure, yeah. Currently, we, uh, you know, every, every year we will create, you know, the, we call it a like, super content. That, like we spend a lot of time to, we call it a, like an ebook that uh, we, we, call, we use the data inside our platform to, um, to, to calculate and come up with the, the, the 10, 10 key metric of the B2B business. That like a 10 key metrics that the B2B uh, business should know. Okay. And then we use the actual data inside our own platform and, and we share that to, to, the, to the audience uh, in form of the ebook. So we publish uh, this ebook every year. And we get a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of lead uh, from from doing the ebook. You write uh, an yeah, ebook so. once a year, um, and yeah. how do you come up with the content for the ebook? And how long does that take you? Or is it just a series of blog posts that you put together that from already we, published content? We did both, but but for the ebook, it takes a lot more effort. We mean, spend a month to you know write the content, collect the data, analyze data, and you know um, come up with it. You know, ebook design and um, development and launch. Okay, but and do for, you have for, a, do you have a person inside the company that does that, or do you do it? Yeah, my assistant right here. <laughs> oh, she, okay. So, so your assistant does it. She writes it in Thai, I imagine. Yeah, in Thai. Then we translate into you know other into English. languages like English, uh, Indonesian. Yeah. Okay.
Okay, great. And and so from this this is this sort of like a lead magnet that you have. Um, you say so so somebody comes to your site and they're interested in these B two B metrics, and you have this lead magnet that that you just get their their email address and then you drop them into a nurture sequence and then you you get them to come in through the email uh, the emails that you write. Uh, say yeah, in your exactly. autoresponder. Yeah, yeah. that's a, okay. that's and a, you that's change a it once a year. Side. You essentially change it once a year. The the lead yeah. magnet is that right? Yeah. And how long is yeah. the um, the ebook generally? Have you found any uh, different length that does better? Is it like, uh, yes, like for, for, for 40, this year we try to do it more, more often. For it's around we say not not long like twenty pages. Okay, okay. So it's almost like a white paper, really. Yeah, white paper. We can say that. Yeah. Okay. It's not okay. That makes sense. And and how often? So you change still the strategy is your number one source of leads. Um, this is this is for, number one for inbound. Okay. Okay. We also have we do we do outbound as well because yeah. Um, as mentioned that our target customer is quite you know niche. We target very specific type of the business and audience as well. So we uh for 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 the business that we focus. We will do outbound campaign in which we will, you know, make a list of the uh, prospect, like an email, um, uh, name, email address, and uh, and the organization name and position, job title, and then we run the, you know, outbound sequential email campaign, uh, in which we can, you know, predict the result. Now, say we we can expect the response rate at, you know, ten percent after three weeks of the campaign. And then we, from there, we uh, follow up and request a meeting with the customer. Usually, we end up you know, having at least you know five six percent of the you know uh, success meeting with the okay. Know, That's great. How big would you say that your? Let's talk about the local market. If you just stayed inside of Thailand, how big do you think that that market is? Like, how many emails could your like your your avatar be? Yeah, let, let, me, let me let me give you the, uh, the, some statistics here in Thailand. So we target the organization uh, with the annual revenue uh, greater than uh, three million US dollar. Then they are and they are around like thirty thousand organization. Yeah, in Thailand. It could be any. It does if you don't care what service or industry it is. It just needs to make more than three million. Is that essentially correct? And they need to be yeah, high for that market. Yeah. So yeah. thirty thousand. And and how many users do you have now? Fifty. Pardon? Fifty. Fifty organization. You have fifty fifty users, but how many? So so maybe as I understand, fifty organizations, but some of them may have ten users. Is that right? And then you charge per user. Yeah. So in terms of user, we have five hundred over five hundred user. Okay, so you have five, so essentially, roughly, uh, there might be one organization that has one user and one that has like fifty. Is that right? Yes. Fifty users. Right. Okay, and you charge on a per user basis then. Yeah. Okay, great. And how is the how has the growth been since COVID? Not good. <laughs> Not good. Actually, okay, that's surprising. A lot of people say. A lot of people say. Online businesses, at least that I've interviewed, most of them say, "Oh, it's been booming in COVID because everyone's at home. They have more time. They they need more virtual tools." Talk to me about how the transition was before COVID. So February twenty twenty, and and how it's mm -hmm. been through COVID. 
and how you yeah adjusted. before COVID we grow we grow two hundred percent every year before COVID, but but for this year with the COVID situation we still grow, but not at that slower rate. Um, you know it's not not two hundred percent, but we're still growing. And we say for this year I would end up maybe fifty percent. Yeah, growth. Fifty percent over over the last yeah. year during COVID. So yeah. it's a roughly a pretty big decline. And and I I presume that's because. Um, the region is suffering from, say, tourism is down, and so a lot of your your customers are relying on tourism, or, or is yeah, it, it's, uh, 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 yes and no. Yeah, Thailand because you know majority of the uh, Thailand GDP coming from uh, tourism industry. But luckily, that our customer mostly they're not in the tourism industry. Um, we we have some, but very very few, like uh, some hotel. Uh, using our software as well so they you know they made some of them shut down the company so there's there's good and bad um from the covid situation say uh yes the the need for online uh, tools technology is, is increasing but you know the 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 the, the average um economy is is, is declined so you know plus and minus uh, all in all i think it's the upbeat positive for us but but mm-hmm. but a lot mm-hmm. negative for for the whole country for, for the whole uh, economy in in our country. So that's that's that affect our growth for this year. Mm-hmm. And of the thirty thousand uh, email subscribe, do you have a list of thirty thousand, or you just only you presume that's how big the market is? We have the list of the company, but mm-hmm. unlike USA, in which you can go to you know so info and you pay the money, you get immediately you get the whole email address. Right, mm-hmm. there's no such mm-hmm. thing in, in Thailand, you know. No, or you have to build the list yourself. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, I, yeah. There's a lot of markets like that. Um, yeah. So you're you're building the list yourself. Do you have? Do you figure you? How many emails is your yeah. email list now? But but we have we have the methodology to to get the you know contact uh-huh. details of of our prospect. Yeah. Yeah, and is it through your software? Your software gets that information. Uh, no, we but we no. I have to know how you know. Because okay, we, we you run have some the, tools, you know? <laughs> right? You have yeah. some tools. I mean, we all have our own secret sauce on how to get the emails uh, that that <laughs> yeah. of course don't break any GDPR rules or anything like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and so um, it sounds to me like you could have a very successful business even if you didn't go outside of Thailand. Would, would you say that's correct? I mean, what would you consider um, Wiseable being a, a huge success for you? Like, say, three thousand users would that be huge for you? Yes, we can. I think we can make a decent revenue and 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 you know, be pro- mm-hmm. profitable company staying in just one country in our local mm-hmm. uh, country mm-hmm. in Thailand. But yeah, you know, we, we we cannot we cannot we cannot you know. Uh, thing like that is too is too dangerous. It's too risky because you know one day the the competitor Something from okay. competitor from outside they may come coming in Thailand. You know, so it's okay. We, we have no choice, but we, we have to force ourselves to go outside the country okay. to build ourselves that, you know, to be like big enough to protect our region, our market from the, you know, larger competitors that one, one day they will come to Southeast Asia for sure, because uh, this is the, the region that has a uh, fastest growing rate in, in the world, you know, Southeast, uh-huh. Southeast uh-huh. Asia. Of course, and so that's that's the idea to get into English and start marketing to Indonesian countries um, 
When when you say the thirty thousand, are you talking about just Thai, or does that include like? Because if you go to Indonesia, just that's Thai. a whole huge market itself, right? Yeah, for Indonesia alone, I would say that's a lot. Maybe five x. Yeah, from Thailand. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because yeah. Indonesia is a much bigger country. I mean, must a population of two hundred fifty million or something? Um, yeah, it's a like a four largest uh, uh, population in the world. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. So so um, well, that's that's very exciting. Um, we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, I have learned a lot. I think it's a very interesting perspective um, speaking to someone that's marketing just to. Um, their local sort of region, uh, and not necessarily coming out with a new idea, but just doing something specifically built for that market, which I think is a uh, a lot of our software and entrepreneurs overlook being able to do that. And you can do it even in in your regional market, say in Europe or um, you know Africa or whatever. So um, I think it's very interesting. Um, can 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 you tell us anything um, that you may have that right now you would tell your when you were first getting going um what would you do differently looking back now if you could tell uh, you something tell yourself when you were just getting going what would you tell yourself to do differently good question <laughs> i think I'll, i will be more focused we're not focused do, i will can you can you specify do, that what were like you not a, focused about in terms of the you know I think everything, the product development, the market selection, the how we spend the money. So I think we, we instead of, you know, go after like too many opportunity, too many market uh, at the same time, we, you know, because we, we are small startup, we rather, you know, um, um, pick one or two, the best mm -hmm. to pick one and focus everything yeah, all in uh, into that uh, one thing uh, in terms of, you know, market. If you choose only one market, we, we, we can have more focus and we make okay. the product for that one market like you know, at the level of you know, like build the best in the world product for that one uh, niche and, and, and we grow from there. So okay. I think and that, you, yeah. That sounds like very good advice. Do you feel like you're getting towards that now or is it you have too many features? I mean, can you niche it down more now to get to become the best in the world at your specific niche? How and how close are you to 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 getting there? Yeah, according to our roadmap, we should in some market. I think we will maybe maybe only one in the world that can offer mm -hmm. this kind of the solution. Yeah, I think we we are now more a lot more focused now. So we remove a lot of the you know initiative uh, and feature. Just to you know, um, super focus on on the product uh, on product and the market that we pick. Okay, if you were to say in one sentence what you are the best in the world at, can you tell me what it is? <laughs> we call it a conversion. We call ourselves now the customer lifecycle, you know, intelligent platform, and then we we call it a like a conversion solution. Say um, for the for the business. Usually they want to have you know holistic view of the of their own customer for the whole mm. for the whole like throughout the customer life cycle. Okay, in order to do that, uh, you need maybe four or five key components. Okay, in which Visible have already uh, integrated with the um, key partner that can offer that kind of solutions. 
and it's not just the technical solution, you know, for for, for to 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 uh, to accomplish this, uh, you need both you need both you know, creative creativity, and you need the technology as well, not just technology. So when we compete with the uh, a competitor from the technology world, it's difficult for them to compete with us for for this kind of proposition because we also mm-hmm. have the creativity side of thing as well, mm-hmm. you know. And when we mm-hmm. compete with the, uh, you know, maybe the advertising agency or creative agency, they lack of the technology side as well. So that's how we play the game. So we okay. set a new rule and then we, we force, we, we convince the customer and everyone to play in this game with our own rule. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but this is in one sentence. Say it for me in one sentence. Let's see if you can do it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, our motto now, like a tagline now, is that we help the organization um, drive the predictable revenue with the data-driven decision. Okay, for local tie, I want to add that for the local, you know, you know, say southeast. You can say that, yeah, yeah, because I, yeah, I think that's really important. I think it's um, really interesting angle for you guys. So, Robert, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I've I've enjoyed this uh, different perspective. This uh, and um, how can people find out more about you? And um, obviously, we'll have Wiseable in the show notes. But um, how can people find out more about your product and about you if they want to reach out and find out more? Yeah, yeah. Please go to our website visible.com. Visible start with W, W I S I B L E dot com. Yes. Great. And how about for you? Reach out to you on Twitter or where's a good place to find you? Uh, LinkedIn, please. Yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay, great. My name. Yeah, showing. Okay, we'll make sure that we have your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Thank you so much, Rose, for your time. I've enjoyed it and uh, I look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, thank you, Jordi. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner.